Today we are continuing our fall worship series that's entitled Fixer Upper, Welcome Home. Uh, There's a place for all of us at Northside and every week we are celebrating homecomings of people who have not been back to church since the pandemic began. But we also realize if this is a construction project that there's a lot of fixing up left to do. And today's sermon is entitled Virtual Tour. Our scripture comes from Nehemiah chapter 2 beginning with verse 17, Nehemiah has returned to Jerusalem to rebuild the wall and the gates of the city. And he's gathered the Jewish leaders about him to share the dream that God has placed upon his heart. I said to them, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. They replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. But when Sambalot, the Horonite, Tobiah, the Ammonite official, and Geshem, the Arab, heard about it, they mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you are doing, they asked. Are you rebelling against the king? I answered them by saying, The God of heaven will give us success. We as servants will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. Amen. If you've been with us during the series, you know that we're focusing on the Old Testament books of Ezra and Nehemiah. And the two-volume set tells the story of the Jews' return from Babylonian captivity back to Jerusalem over a period of decades. And over the past weeks, we've heard the stories of Zerubbabel, who rebuilt the altar as well as the temple in Jerusalem. He was followed by Ezra, who proclaimed God's word, the law, and led a national revival. And last week, we heard the tale of Nehemiah, who led the people in rebuilding the walls and the gates of Jerusalem. Zerubbabel, Ezra, Nehemiah, three different men, three different times, three different calls upon their heart by God, but they shared one thing in common. They dared to dream. They looked at the current reality, but also saw future possibility. They were captured by God's vision that tomorrow could be different from today. And then divine inspiration and human perspiration combined together to make the dream come true. And today we're talking about dreams and vision. As I was preparing for the homily, I was thinking about the first sermon I preached at Northside on June the 25th, 2017. I'm sure if you were here, you could probably quote whole sections of it to me today. But you may recall that I began with an illustration about the Alcoa Company, who coined a new word in the 1940s, imagineering. They combined the words imagination and engineering because they wanted to marry the concepts of creativity and application. Walt Disney was intrigued by the term and adopted it himself in the 1960s. The company actually copyrighted it in 1967. And today, Walt Disney Imagineering employs over 1,000 staff members. 
And the research and development team's sole job is to dream great dreams and then figure out how to make them come true. You won't find the word imagineering in the Bible, but it is a deeply significant theological concept because God is constantly calling us to dream. We come from a long line of seers, sages, prophets, and visionaries. In the New Testament, in Hebrews chapter 11, there's a roll call of the faithful, patriarchs and matriarchs who dared to dream. There's Abraham, who giggled at the thought that Sarah was going to become pregnant in her old age, but he still believed in God. There was Moses, who went to Egypt and saw that ragtag group of slaves, but saw within them the promised people of the Lord that he would lead to Israel. Later, Jesus called Simon Peter to be among the first disciples. And this rough and rugged fisherman who constantly stuck his foot in his mouth and would deny Jesus three times, still the Lord saw within him the ability to be the leader of the New Testament church. Paul had this bizarre idea that God had come to save not only the Jews, but the entire world. And he dared to preach the gospel to the non-Jews or to the Gentiles. John, in his book called Revelation, in the midst of tribulation and persecution, foresaw a day when God would roll up history like a scroll and God would be victorious. Different people in different times and different places with one attribute they shared in common, the ability to dream. And we're called to join them as dreamers and as visionaries. In the King James Version of the Bible, Proverbs 29, verse 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But the converse is also true. Where there is a vision, the people flourish. Dreams are important. Dreams are important, first of all, because they give us direction. They are a compass point on the horizon by which we steer. They are a north star in the night sky that guides us during the darkness. Direction. In the comic strip, Peanuts, Lucy is sharing with Charlie Brown her life philosophy. And she says, Charlie Brown... Life is a lot like a deck chair on a cruise ship. And she said, some people set up their chair so they can see where they're going. And some people set up their chair so they can see where they have been. And some people set up their chair so they can see where they are going or where they are. And Charlie Brown gives a deep sigh and says, I can't even get mine unfolded. We've experienced that at times. We've experienced it at times as individuals, as families, as a community of faith. We're floating down the currents without a rudder, not sure where we are going. And it is a helpless feeling. But dreams give us direction. They point the way that we ought to go. Because you can't get from here to there if you don't know where here is and where there is going to be. Hopes give direction, but also dreams give us hope. That's such a small word that makes such a huge difference. Without hope, even the strongest fail. With hope, even the weakest can prevail. 
The opposite of hope is despair. That deep darkness of the soul where it seems as if nothing will ever change. Tomorrow will be the same as today, and today is unbearable. And it happens not only for us as individuals, but it can also happen with congregations and communities of faith. Lyle Schaller, who is a longtime church consultant, said, there is a vital question every congregation must constantly address. And it's this. Are our best days behind us? or our best days before us? And as you contemplate that question, let me set it in a larger context, that we serve the Lord God Almighty, the one who is and was and is to come, the first and last, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Jesus told Peter that the gates of hell themselves will not stand against the church's march. The best days of the church are always ahead of us. We just sometimes forget, and we need to hear that word of hope. Today, I would recall for you a story from the Old Testament book of Ezekiel, the 37th chapter, and the background is this is immediately before the events of Ezra and Nehemiah. Israel is still in Babylonian captivity. They feel as if God has forgotten them, has abandoned them. And Ezekiel has that familiar, fantastical vision where he's standing overlooking a valley filled with dry, dead bones that represent the dashed hopes of Israel. And God comes to Ezekiel in the dream and says, Son of man, can these bones live? Well, the human response is immediate no. Of course not. They're not only dead, they're dry bones, desiccated, the flesh gone away from them. Of course they can't live. I may have served a congregation or two that resembled that scene. I may have been in worship services where the only thing that moved was the offering plates. I may have preached a sermon or two that was so dull, I got bored halfway through it. And that's a bad sign. But Ezekiel was smarter than that. And he turns the question back to God and says, Lord, you alone know. And so then God gives him the most amazing instruction. He says, preach to the bones. (laughs) Been there and done that. But Ezekiel, willing to look foolish, says, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And you know what happened next? There was a rattling and rustling as bone met bone and a clicking and a clacking as skeletons reassembled. And then the skeletons were clothed with tendons and ligaments and flesh, but they were still dead bodies. And then God says to Ezekiel, preach to the breath. In Hebrew, it's ruach. In Greek, it is pneuma. And it means breath and it means wind and it means spirit. And Ezekiel proclaims God's word and the Holy Spirit enters in and there is a gasp of new breath and the reassembled, reincorporated people of Israel stand where once there was nothing. That's the power of hopes, the power of dreams that we see Ezekiel's vision fulfilled in the stories of Ezra and of Nehemiah. We're called to dream to be captured and enraptured by God's vision. As I was 
reminiscing over arriving here at Northside in 2017, and I've shared this before, one of the popular questions I was asked when I arrived was, what's your vision for the church? And my standard reply was, I don't know. I just got here. See, my vision of leadership in the church has changed over the years. When I graduated from seminary, as, and then I was appointed as, I love this title, the pastor in charge. Isn't that impressive? I am the pastor in charge. And I thought that I was like the captain of the ship. I was the admiral, admiral of the Navy. I was the general of the Army. I was the CEO of the company. And I would stand here on Sunday mornings and I would preach. And then people would go and do what I told them. Yeah, you laugh. It took me a few months to figure that one out. And I finally had an older pastor who took me aside, and I still share this advice with younger ministers. He said, son, those people were there before you got there. They're going to be there after you leave, and they know it. And what I figured out is it's not my job as a senior pastor to generate a vision. That's God's job. And the Holy Spirit stirs among all of us. And my job is to listen and then to be able to articulate and to communicate what God's vision for our lives is and then to assemble the resources to be able to pursue it. And that's what we do together. And so as we have continued this worship series, it's entitled Fixer Up or Welcome Home, we've been using all sorts of construction imagery. And today I'm using the title virtual tour because if you're a realtor or an engineer, perhaps an architect, you, you know the use of virtual tours. That you can take still images, videos, computer-generated imagery and music and lead someone through a building that may not even exist. So what's the future at Northside Church look like? Well, let's go back to the know, grow, and go of our mission statement I talked about last week. The no part is we're focusing on worship, and we've talked about the fact that we have got a new schedule on Sunday mornings, and you're participating in it right now. Traditional worship at 8.30 and 11.15, contemporary worship at 9 o'clock, and Sunday school at 10.10. And I've shared some of the rationale that drives that, that we have a real burden for raising up the next generation of the church and of the kingdom of God. And that we've raised a generation of children who, for the most part, have not participated in worship. And we think that's important. And I also realize for the parents and grandparents sitting here today with children, it's a challenge. But in my mind, you are superheroes. If you get up on a Sunday morning and get your children dressed and get them to church and sit with them in worship, something special happens. That's what my parents did with me. And I cannot tell you when I learned the Lord's Prayer, when I first sang the songs of faith, when I first heard God's Word proclaimed or understood that Jesus loved me, it seeped into my soul like water into a sponge. And we may well think the children are not paying a bit of attention, but you never know what God's Spirit is doing with their spirit. And then the, go, the no-grow part is of discipleship, of small groups. And we have now got a dedicated Sunday school hour at 1010 for children, youth, and adults. Again, we think it's important for all ages. This fall, we started four new adult classes. And we, our two associate pastors, of uh, Jeff Rogers and Catherine Booth Olson, 
are teaching a class. Nick Houston, who's our executive director, is teaching a class. We think this is important. And we have been amazed at the crowds that have come, of the adults, the youth, and the children that are participating in Sunday school. And we're excited about what God's going to do through that. We know, we grow, we go. That missions continues to be important. The pandemic didn't start, stop Northside from that. And our next major adventure is to build a habitat home beginning in January. And we're excited about where that might lead. And a lot of you can participate. You can go by giving. You can give by going. But either way, be a participant in this new and exciting movement in the life of our church. Something else that has occurred is that we are cutting the reserves that we have in our bank accounts freeing up hundreds of thousands of dollars for what the next major ministry might be. And we don't know what it is. We're exploring God's dream. We want to create something that 10 and 20 years from now, people will look back and say, that's when it started because God's people had a dream. You also see dreams that's reflected in our architecture. Part of what we discovered throughout the pandemic is the church is not a building. We are the church regardless. But the buildings do give us tools for ministry. And Northside's done some amazing things over the past months and years. If you have not been to the student center yet, for the first time in decades, we have an area for our youth. At, after the service, go up the ramp to the fellowship hall's lobby. Go up one level by the elevator or the stairs. See what you have accomplished. And yes, the buildings and the rooms are impressive. And guys, you need a TV like this at your home for the football games. But what it says is we're investing in the next gen of the church because it's important. What dreams are seizing us? What visions is God inspiring? Do we believe our best days are ahead of us or do we believe they're behind us? I believe God has something new to do in our lives and that this could be a moment, a revival for Northside Church, for the wider community, for our state, our nation, and for our world. I've got to tell you, there have been moments as a senior pastor, I've awoken in the middle of the night and in a little bit of a whiny voice said to God, why me and why now? I didn't sign up to serve during a pandemic. I didn't sign up to serve when the United Methodist Church seemed to be doing its best to tear itself apart. I didn't sign up for a lot of the things that we are facing in 2021 and anticipating in 2022. But this is our time. This is our place. God has raised us up for such a time as this, and if we don't do it, it will not get done. And it begins with a dream and a vision that gives direction and hope. Walt Disney is quoted as saying, if you can dream it, you can do it. Always remember, this thing started with a dream and a mouse. Disney also said all our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. My prayer is that we are captured and enraptured by God's vision but then we have steely-eyed realists who take imagination and combine it with engineering and work to make the dream come true. Oh Lord, may it be so. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for vision, for dreams that grant us direction and hope.
But Lord, we also pray for the dedication, for the relentless pursuit of where you call us to go that you might make dreams into a reality. Continue to work within your people as individuals, as small groups, as a community of faith. And take us from where we are to the place you would have us go. In Christ's name we pray it. Amen.